we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. And on Monday's show, I will give you my review of Dune 2. Newsflash, it's damn good. There you go. So go ahead and hear my thoughts in its entirety on Dune 2. Looking forward to go ahead and talking about that coming up on a Monday show. Plus, also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, we will be doing a show this month covering the NFL free agency and how it affects your fantasy football team. So go ahead and check it out later this month as well. Plus, also, Joe Soro, give him a big shout out, not only because it was his birthday on Friday, but also as well because he headed up our awesome playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break simulcast coverage with him, Laker Nick. Truly appreciate him stopping by and everybody that was on playback, YouTube, and Facebook. Big shout out to everyone out there. Big all shout out as well to our good friends, the Lakerholics crew, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom, who were on here earlier today. <laughs> the messages I got, Gerald, you might want to be careful what Tom said here. Gerald, you want to be careful what Tom said there. Gerald, you want to be talk, you know, want want to be careful what Tom said about this and that. But you know what? If you want to hear what Laker Tom said, all the crazy stuff he said, catch it on YouTube and Facebook right now for your Lakers Fast Break. Plus also as well, our good friends, of course, Miss starting with Joe Soro himself, Mr. Simblades, Simblades with the Y.com, Oxide T47 at LakersBall.com, and of course, Lakers Nightcap with Joe Soro. Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV, also as well, of course, John McCallion, John Costa, don't forget him. Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk. Hopefully he'll join us tonight. Plus also Daniel Barry Sports Highlights. Yo! Go ahead and make sure you catch him. And plus, like and subscribe to all of this, including the Lakers Fast Break, so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, the Lakers coming in tonight. I know the spotlight was on LeBron James for his 40,000th point, which he got early in the second quarter. But the bigger thing for us as Lakers fans, Lakers had fallen because of the Golden State Warriors victory last night to 10th place in the Western Conference. So they desperately needed a win as they hosted in a primetime matchup against the Denver Nuggets, the world champion Denver Nuggets. And for a half... Look like not only did the Lakers get what they wanted in LeBron getting his 40,000 points, but also as well the Lakers getting a halftime lead of double digits. And it looked like it was really starting to go the Lakers' way. But the Lakers, unfortunately, got overwhelmed by the champs as the Denver Nuggets whittled down the Lakers' lead. In fact, took the lead into the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, after that, mistakes by the coaching staff down the stretch even though the lakers went back and forth for most of the fourth quarter unfortunately late in the game personnel decisions keeping dinwiddie and reddish out there way too long cost the lakers dearly as the lakers unfortunately could not play sound defense could not stop the clutch shots that were made by denver nuggets and could not reciprocate with clutch shots of their own as they fall 124 to 114, which ironically was the biggest lead of the entire game for the Denver Nuggets. They never had a double-digit lead at all until the very last few moments of the game. And here today to talk about today's game, the missed opportunity that was as the Lakers now fall to 33 and 29. 
They are 10th place in the Western Conference. Good man indeed. It is the guy behind, well, the guy behind Oxide T47 at LakersBall.com. He is tired of this bleep, which he'll probably say unbleeped here in just a second. It is Joe Soro. Joe, glad to have you here. A great opportunity the Lakers had to make a statement win, as Tom said earlier today. Unfortunately, the statement was only that LeBron got his 40, but nobody else and the Lakers got a win tonight. It was unfortunate because you had every, the role players played well. Dilo played well. Rui played well. Reeves played well. Yet, You would think that at some point you have two leaders on this team. You would think that maybe something at practice can happen where there's a maybe wake the F up moment. At, at what point does this stubborn, useless leader get called out for his pathetic leadership and ability to gauge and have a pulse on the game. And I'm going to start at the beginning of the game. I'm going to just blame it on the end of the game. Why? Why is Torian Prince in four straight possessions, the primary ball handler making plays? Can you explain that to me? I understand you got to play him to rest guys. I get it. We don't have a lot of guys to use. I understand that. Why is he a primary ball handler? Why? Not once, not twice, not three times, four mother effing times when a guy only plays about 10, 15 minutes. Can you explain to me what offense is designated to allowing someone like Torian Prince to do that? And tell me with a straight face right to my face that that is a smart basketball decision and where is lebron and ad the leaders of this team going what the f are you doing i'm not gonna sit here and praise and then denigrate just one person this is a team sport at some point if i am the leader of a team i'm gonna do it if the coach isn't doing it I'm going to do it. What the hell are you doing? You're going into traffic. You're not a ball handler. You can't shoot. You have no size that you can go up against Jokic or Porter or whoever to even have a shot at making this shot unless it's a luck shot. In this game, we can't afford those mistakes. Four and five possessions of stupid basketball cost you these games. And it can cost you in the first quarter, second quarter, Third quarter, we're just paying attention to the end now because it's convenient. Which, by the way, was his fault as well. Cam Reddish, you left him in there to play defense. Who can't shoot. Okay. Let's see how he plays defense because we know he's going to play better than D'Lo. The only problem was he looked like he was worse than D'Lo on defense. Now you don't have any defense and you don't have any offense. And guess what happened? 
because they knew he couldn't shoot, everything collapsed. AD had no room to get the ball deep in the paint. AD had no room to roam. There was no pick and roll. There was nothing. It was LeBron's freakish ability to get to the basket. LeBron looked like LeBron of old to get to the basket. That was your reliance at that. But that's not going to last every single play. It's not. So at what point does this open up your brain? At what point is someone going to say, is LeBron now have to say something, then we have to hear, oh, LeBron is a coach killer and all this. You know what, LeBron? They're already thinking that. Them. Okay? Everyone. Just do it. Just do it. If I was his advisor, I'd just say, look, they already think all this. When someone already thinks you're something, you might as well roll with it. It doesn't matter, uh, by the way. It doesn't matter. You're trying to save the season now. You got to get on that coach. You got to get on these players and tell them, stop making stupid mistakes. It's it. You can't be LeBron, the greatest player of his generation, and not have some kind of say. If you have a say in, I don't know, extensions and trades and all this stuff, you have the say in these moments. No one is going to fault you for that except the scumbags who have no play in this. They just want to yap to yap. It's, 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 it's done. You have run out of this particular scenario. This is the third time in the last five, six games against this team where you're leading after the first half comfortably and you piss it away. When are you going to change? When are you going to change your strategy? When are you going to adapt? And even those other two games in the Western Conference Finals, they were still kind of close. This is where coaching makes that difference, folks. So if you ever needed to see what works and what doesn't, this is the difference between a crap coach and a good coach. Now, we haven't seen a good coach because they've been, what, six losses now against this team. But we can't do anything about it right now. You're not going to fire him. So the only thing left is LeBron, AD, need to start doing something here. Because this son of a gun is not going to stop being stubborn. He's not going to call a timeout when they just went up three to at least stymie the momentum. You ever watch basketball, dude? You played in it, for God's sakes. And that doesn't mean anything. That does not mean anything anymore to me. I have seen former players, NFL, NBA, especially they start doing stuff outside that field or that court. They look like they've never known what the game was. They have no clue how to adapt. They'll commentate on plays. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You played NBA basketball. How do you not know what that is? And these are good players. What, at what point? It has to go to LeBron and AD now. We already know what this guy is. We already know who he is. He doesn't know how to coach. He doesn't know how to adjust. It's your time. You're LeBron James and you're AD. You've won a championship. LeBron, you've won three championships with three teams. You got to do it now or this is going to get derailed. This is not an easy run. You needed this win not only to get some confidence against the champs, but to start this next run 
with something. It's it's it, it needed you needed it, but you're not you're not doing the little things. Don't blame Austin. Don't blame Rui. Do not blame Dilo this time. No, I'm not gonna allow it. I'm not allowed. They did their job. To their talent level, they did their job. Now it's it's up to LeBron and AD to go. We we need to start controlling this. If I'm if I'm LeBron, I'm I'm going. I'm having dinner with AD tonight, and I'm going, dude. What do we? We got to do something here, man. We got to stop pushing this out. We got to put the pressure on 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 Darvin Ham to to somehow get a pulse on this thing. Otherwise, it's over. It's over. This was beyond frustrating because you could not blame this on D'Lo not showing up or any of the stuff that's happened in the past. This time it was an. This time it was the inability in any way to have a pulse on this thing and couldn't couldn't take advantage it just it's just absolutely just spoiled a, a, a good game again this is Raphael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers fast break Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do unfortunately lose 124 to 114. Lakers fall to 33 and 29. Yes, LeBron did get over the magical 40,000 point barrier far as for the scoring he is the all-time scoring king did get over forty thousand. that's awesome congratulations to him but also here today to go ahead and talk about today's game good man indeed he is the guy behind of course lakers corner and also as well clutch talk it is john costa john great to have you here congrats to lebron forty thousand points that's awesome that's great put it on a postcard absolutely thanks sounds good the Lakers lost and are stuck in 10th place in the Western Conference. That's what I care about more, John. That's what bothers me because, as Joe said about Torian Prince being in there, making mistakes in crucial situations and you not getting him out there, out of there and putting him on the bench, having Dinwiddie and Reddish out there supposedly giving you better defense no, they didn't get you better defense. They both got burned at crucial times. You might as well have your guy being the head and president of the D'Angelo Russell fan club. Should have been out there. Should have had Rui out there a lot sooner. Unfortunately, these coaching mistakes that Joe talks about, where he talks about, I, I was kind of defending Ham, and I said he only costs about five to seven games a season. Joe said well over 10. You know what? I agree with Joe. It's well over 10 with mistakes like this, John. This is really a bad moment for the Lakers. Lakers up by double digits and blew it. And it's unfortunate now because we're now down two games in the loss column to Golden State. And it looks like it's 10th place for us from here on out. Yeah, um, it's absolutely 10 or more, the games that Darvin Hammonds blew with just 
terrible, let's see, we could run down a line, terrible rotations, uh, terrible timeout calling, um, just in just general bad decisions in, uh, as a whole. So, yeah, I'm absolutely there with you, uh, Joe, for that. And this game is so upsetting, guys. Like, it, it, at least to me, you know, um, the way I'm watching this game, coming into it, I'm like, damn, all right, you know, Denver Nuggets, very, you know, elite team, top of the West, uh, Western Conference Finals re, uh, rematch that we had last year. You know, let's get it, you know. But the, the Denver Nuggets are a good team. I knew this was going to be a challenge. And what I was afraid of was the fact that, we would do what we do in every first quarter, which is we play terrible in the first quarter, we go down big, and then we're playing catch-up ball for the rest of the game. Now, it's really hard to play catch-up ball against a top-tier team. It's really hard to play catch-up ball in the NBA, period, against anybody. But playing catch-up ball against a top-tier team in the West, is that's when, that's, what makes, that's when things get even harder. So for us, I was like, all right, as long as we don't put ourselves in that, in that situation. And in the first half, guys, I was feeling great. Throughout the game, I'm like, ooh, cool. We keeping it, we keeping this at a low turnover rate. I believe, I believe at the end of the first half, we only had two turnovers, so there's six. So we were keeping we were swinging the ball, keeping the turnovers low. I was like, okay, we really got a chance. At this point, now we don't have to play catch a ball. All we gotta do is maintain and have some damn pride. And what did we do? Did not maintain and did not have no pride at all. Joe, it's funny that you talk about, uh, and happy birthday, by the way, Joe, uh, my brother. Um, very happy to be able to spend this special day with you. Sorry that LeBron and this Lakers team ruined it for you, my brother. Um, <laughs> but anyway, real quick. Uh, you know, Joe, you mentioned uh, how the last couple of games and last times that we, we played this team, we've been up comfortably and we can blew it. You know what that tells me? That tells me that, like, the Denver Nuggets might just be genuinely, like, they look at us like we're some middle, middle schoolers. Like, you know when you're in high school and you're playing some middle school kids and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not, not going to try. I'm going to let them score the first, like, you know, five, seven points. You're toying I'm, with them. You, you're toying with them, right? It looks like that's what they're doing every single time with us, y'all. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, here we go. We got a good, comfortable lead. Let's just – not let's just not screw this up. We can keep playing the same way we're playing. We can finish this game out. But nope, all of a sudden, Jamal Murray turns it up to a whole nother level third quarter. And then Jokic turns it up to a whole nother level third quarter. MPJ throughout the entire game. And us making piss poor mistakes. I mean, guys, I witnessed by myself with my two eyes watching on this TV right here that's right above this, this uh, computer. I witnessed the Nuggets go on a 10-0 and 0 run. And no timeout, guys. Or 10 and 0 or 10 and 1. One of those two. And no timeout. No timeout. That's crazy, guys. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is just us. Like, maybe, maybe Darvin Ham is just so much smarter than us that what we're saying is just like so elementary to him that he's he's like, oh, I'm just gonna overlook it. Because at this point, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um this is what I'll end on for now. Basketball is a game. Actually, I'll have two more things. Basketball is a game all about rhythm, okay? And if you allow another team, especially another elite team, to get into rhythm, yeah, you can kiss yourself goodnight. And that's exactly what we did tonight. And then last thing I will say is um, as far as, like, the play-wise, just, like, to guess, like, analyze that a little bit, um, dang, we need to do better with stop getting backdoor cut. We were just getting backdoor cut after backdoor cut, whether whether it was Peyton Watson, whether it was Aaron Gordon. I know that that's what they do. I know Jokic is elite at that. But damn, guys, like at some point, 
can we call a timeout and say, yo, if the man is behind you, like back up, make sure nobody is behind you. Don't don't give up baseline for these baseline backdoor cuts. At some point, we 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 got to do something, guys. Yeah, um, this is ridiculous. A very very upsetting because that Boston win. Uh, I sorry, was it the Boston win? It was the win that I, it was the win that we, when we came on here and I was just like super super excited. I was like, man, it's one of the best wins all season. Well, well, they didn't have LeBron and AD, and they still won in Boston. Right. Yeah. I'm, I was really happy. One of the, one of the happiest wins so far. This one, honestly, one of the sad, well, not not the saddest, but just disheartening losses because of the way this went out. Once again, the Lakers do lose one twenty four to one fourteen. Joe, I want to go ahead and ask you real quick. When it comes to it, the Lakers again down the stretch didn't execute on both the offense and defensive end. It seemed like it was just LeBron and AD against the world. When you have Cam Reddish, you called it. You saw it. You could see, and Cam Reddish was out there on the wing. Nobody on the Denver Nuggets was within 20 feet of him. They collapsed, made it harder for the Lakers to execute. And if you're not hawking down Murray on the other end and stopping him, preventing him from doing what he wants. You can't have him in there, Joe. But unfortunately, at crucial times, the mistakes by Darvin Ham to leave Dinwiddie in there too long and then Prince too long and then Cam Reddish on top of that. This is a guy that, again, keeps on continuing, makes coaching mistakes. I don't know how much longer this learning curve should go. No, they, he didn't. He didn't leave Torian Prince in there long. He only played. No, the, the, but the Torian Prince when he was making mistakes. Okay, so game. you're gonna put these guys in again. I'm gonna say this clearly. I get you have to play these guys. They don't have an option. Their depth is crap. Why is he dominating the ball over and over again? Why is he trying to make decisions in traffic? This is my question. I don't care how long you've been in the NBA. I don't care what the hell you've done in your life in the NBA. That is a stupid decision to allow. And no one is going to be able to argue against it. No one. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And the results prove it. Stop doing that. You want to play him to cover minutes? Yes, I get it. But why is he creating? Why is he dribbling in traffic? Why is he trying to make difficult shots? That is not, like, really? Do I really need to be average in terms of IQ to understand that? Doesn't as make sense. As far as the end of the game, you, wanna, you want to experiment on Cam Reddish guarding an elite guard? Can you do it? later or at another team not against denver can you not do it now because it wasn't like dealer was struggling in the first half playing defense he got a lot of hands on balls while guys were going in and out of of, of uh, uh i'm sorry getting out of pick and rolls and things like that he was he was decent he wasn't bad why now? Why tonight? Why against this team? When you needed to spread the floor so you can get AD 
deep in the goddamn post so he can make Jokic work. He can have Porter or whoever is playing the four not have to just hang out, make them work. You know how you tire out offense? When you make them play defense. Do I need to have an IQ above 400 to know that? Or 100? Or 50? Young, no, no. Young Africa, no. I'm not going to go with that one. I'm sorry. No, he's not horrible. He played well tonight. And he's been playing well for almost two months now. No, 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 no. That one, you're not going to get on that one. You roll with what you came with, okay? They've been playing real well. All five starters have been playing very well. They've been doing their job. Roll with them at this point. There's nothing else left. There's nothing else left. You're going to roll with Cam Reddish? Really? It doesn't matter if his defense is horrible. It doesn't matter. You don't have anyone else. It doesn't matter. Then when he shoots 32% from three, he can't get to the basket at will. He couldn't even make a freaking layup at the end of the quarter. What do you? What else do you want? You got to work with what's working at this point. There's nothing we can do. That's it. But no, on top of that, these guys finally go on a run. An extensive run where they're starting to get scary. And what's he do? Sits there like this, jerking off. Like he always does. That's what he's doing in there. Because that's all that makes sense. That's all that makes sense. What else is he doing? Standing there. Go sit down. I hate seeing that guy just standing there. I always see him. Every time we go back and forth. All I see is that mother effer on that goddamn sideline with this. If you're going to do this, go, go sit over there so you blend in with the other coaches wearing all those pajamas that they wear. All looking like schlep rocks. John, let me ask you this. I know Joe's as far as – you obviously have to it's give him that. It's a stupid loss. It, it is preventable. You, it was preventable. If, you, if Jokic is hitting those behind-the-ear, under-the-leg shots like he seems to make all the time at the end of the game, or Jamal Murray – you didn't see me this angry the last time Jamal Murray did this, right? You know why? Because Jamal Murray did it. But this time, you caused it. You didn't call a timeout to stymie the run. You didn't put in the right guys in there when you needed them. This is the result now. Now it's your fault. John, let me ask you this. Uh, I know Joe is right when he said you actually have to rest the players, but tonight, uh, the bench, again, since they've gone to the starting lineup with Rui Hashimura, uh, the thing that's been lacking most, obviously, is production off the bench. So let me give you a little uh, uh, thing that I put on there. Let me go ahead and bring it up here. Just, uh, the chat is just going so fast. It's so great to see. Truly appreciate you going ahead and uh, being a part of what we're doing. Best Lakers chat moves out there is the Lakers fast break. But Cam Reddish, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Torian Prince combined 51 minutes, 3 of 13, and a combined minus 19 on the floor. I get you have to rest your players, but you also have to be smart about how you allocate your reserves. And if your reserves are playing that badly, John, why you have them at, in clutch time in the fourth quarter playing Dinwiddie and also as well Cam Reddish, who are both struggling on the day, not providing you the defense you need and being that much worse on the offensive end. 
How much of a bad decision was that by Darvin Ham coming down the stretch? That was typical of Darvin Warm Hands Ham. A, a terrible decision. You know, on if you're going to have a defensive specialist out there, at least have them have the ability to be confident enough to take that shot. You know, and, and this kind of reminds me of the whole Ben Simmons thing, right? And and this is maybe a little, maybe a little bit different because Cam at least uh, isn't isn't scared to take a three. You know, he he attempted two threes this game. Especially when he attempted three threes this game. But it's like the Nuggets earlier we were talking about how the Nuggets played Cam and Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Where they were just just get left them wide open at the three point line, doubled. AD or made it harder for us to drive when we're a team that goes inside, right? So they really force us to shoot. But the thing to me is like, if we're going to put a defensive specialist out there, and I think I've said this before on, on one of, one of these post game streams, we have to make sure we have to be working with this, this defensive specialist to make sure that he is at least like a 40 to 30, 35% three point shooter, because guys, this is crazy. They know what we're doing when we put Cam Reddish out there. They know that it's like, all right, cool. They're putting a defensive specialist out there to supposedly guard our guard our guards, who he did a terrible job on tonight. I'm going to be honest with you guys. He did a terrible job tonight. And what I'm what I'm saying is, you put Cam Reddish out there. The Denver Nuggets already know, like, all right, cool. On offense, we know where the ball isn't going. So at this point, now we're just going to throw doubles. We're going to help a lot more. Um, we're going to edge a lot more. We're not even worried about this guy. And I just think that, like, as a coach, you have to know what the other coach is thinking when you make a move, right? So it's, like, about being one move ahead. So it's, like, if I make this move, what move is he going to make so I can counter to that? That's how you constantly got to be ahead as a coach. And I honestly, guys, don't think that Darvin Ham thinks that, like, at all. Like, at all. I totally understand that DeAndre Russell is a defensive liability, but you cannot tell me tonight that Cam Reddish was not a defensive liability in the way that he was playing. Spencer Dinwiddie's been a defensive liability as, a, as a, just as a player as a whole. So it's like, to me, I don't understand why you have those players in there in crunch time because, like, like how we mentioned, they weren't, they, they never give us nothing offensively. I, I genuinely have not seen one positive offensive show out from Spencer Dinwiddie yet. Like, realistically, guys, I'm not even trying to hate on him. I haven't seen one that I was like, wow, all right, cool. I think this is a good offensive showing by Spencer Dinwiddie. Cam Reddish gave us some earlier in the season, hit hit some threes, but this game is all about ups and downs, and he looked so down tonight. Like that pass when in on the right wing when D'Angelo Russell threw it to him, and he just fumbled it and it went out of bounds. I even I even saw D'Lo's face. D'Lo was like, "Oh my god!" He was just sick with it, and and I don't know. And and, and it's funny because we we see that and we're like, "Damn, let's get this guy out of the game." Darvin Ham sees that and he's like, oh wow, I think I should give this guy more minutes. It guys, I've said this before, and if we haven't come to terms with this, we're not going anywhere as long as this guy's our coach. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Um doesn't re- reincarnate freaking any dead basketball player you want. Bring Michael Jordan back, reverse time. It doesn't matter at this point. As long as that guy's at the helm, we're not going anywhere, unfortunately.
Once again, the Lakers do lose 124 to 114. They're 33 and 29. They're 10th place in the Western Conference. Now two games in the loss column behind Golden State in the Western Conference mix coming up with a really, really tough schedule, Joe. But before we even get to the schedule and how bad it looks. So it goes from into the frying pan and into, you know, from the frying pan into the fire here in a sec. We'll talk about the schedule in a sec, but Anthony Davis today only 13 shots 17 points uh, were you upset at all as far as the allocation of shots that he was given for tonight's game cool anthony davis only 13 shots tonight 17 points 11 rebounds well it would be nice if we could design a play for him on a consistent basis unfortunately we don't get away from him again because i mentioned that in the other game that they got away from him got away with it and, and but... you can sit here and you can keep regurgitating and i say you, as in, I, 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 when I do hear it, I don't read it. I don't go on Twitter. I don't go on any of those places. Those places are turds put in acid. The turds are the people, and the acid needs to be where they belong so that it can disintegrate because they're useless. But the word always gets around because that's what everybody does. Everybody's all day, every day doing this, doing this all day on that stuff, right? So my thing is, you're going to... That AD should demand the ball. No, no, AD should not demand the ball. Get over that. Just like I keep telling you to get over the fact that you got to play with what you can play with at this point. We can't imagine that Dinwiddie needs to shoot better or Torian Prince needs to be able to pass better, all this stuff, all this fantasy stuff. You need to create something for AD and he will perform. You want to you want you want to use AD's prowess? Can you get him close to the basket? I'm sure he'll make those shots regularly, but that also means you have to put the right guys around him in those moments. Guys that are a threat to shoot from anywhere, and you have three guys that you start that can do that. When you don't have those three in, you can sag off a little bit from Dinwiddie, Cam Reddish, Toyin Prince, Jackson Hayes. So you gotta buy your you gotta buy your time. Now, if you have your starters play the whole first quarter in a game like this, cool. Then you sit them down, and you gotta stagger it. Obviously, you sit them down the first six minutes of the second quarter. Then you play them the remaining six minutes. Then the third quarter, they play the whole quarter, and then you rest them again. The first, that's that's how I saw rotations for prime players or important players playing basketball. But yeah, we didn't do that. Uh, that didn't happen. Unfortunately, we have to watch Cam Reddish get burnt like toast in a toaster for like 15 minutes. You know, you can't put toast in the toaster for 15 minutes. And for a fifth actual 15 minutes of actual lifetime, you saw Cam Reddish getting smoked. And not only that, <clears throat> you get smoked on the offensive end because you think Denver's going to worry about Cam Reddish on offense? He can't dribble. He can't get to the basket. He can't shoot with any consistency. What What is that guy good for at that moment for your team? You're putting him in that position. I'm not going to blame Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish was one more opportunity away from saying bye-bye and going to Europe, China, Zimbabwe, Sudan. I don't know where the hell they have a basketball league, but that's where he was going. What do you want me to expect from him? I expect the coach to recognize this because he's there every day watching film, maybe 
watching his team at practice, maybe watching something. I can tell you what he's watching, Joe. He's he's in the locker room watching freaking Torian Torian Prince. The Sudan was for you, young Africa. Even though I know your flag <laughs> is not for the Sudan, but real quick, you know what's um, what's funny is. We talk about DeAndre Russell not playing in the uh, in clenched and and it was too late. But yeah, right. He because he he got back out on the court after it was too late. After it was too late, right? And and Darvin Ham realized it a bit too late, which is too late, too a little too little too late. But what I was gonna say was Anthony Davis. A lot of people have said it in the chat. Joe was just alluding into it. I've talked about this a long time ago. He is such a good basketball player, generational basketball player, but what he does not have is he does not have that natural instincts of just having that dog in him. He doesn't just come to the game like, oh, yeah, I'm real, I'm ready to rip your head off tonight. He can. He can get there. He can get to the point where he's, like, being aggressive, looking to score and, you know, ca- catching the ball, facing up, um, whether it's whether if he got a smaller defender, taking it to him and taking it straight to his chest. If he's got someone he can shoot over, shooting over them, he can get there, but he does never starts the game there. He's just like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to judge Anthony Davis as a, as a person. He's just a, a more natural, chill, laid-back guy. But like I've said thousands of times, there's nothing more that gets a basketball player going, and that's what Anthony Davis is at the end of the day. He's a basketball player. There's nothing more that gets him going than seeing the ball go through the hoop and seeing you get buckets because you, you start feeling yourself. You start getting loose. You're just like, oh, man, this dude right here in front of me, he can't guard me. And we talked about how Anthony Davis, he needs to be fed. He's not the type of guy that's like, yo, give me the ball because I'm going to just take over. He's not that type of guy. And you know who feeds Anthony Davis? I mean, LeBron James is the number one player on this team that feeds Anthony Davis. I'd rather LeBron James and Anthony Davis pick and roll every single time down court if that's what he can do. But LeBron's 39. He can't handle that. But, you know, right next to LeBron James, who's the next player that feeds him the best? D'Angelo freaking Russell. Out of that pick and roll, he's a freaking savant at making those entry passes, whether it's a, whether it's a, a, a bounce pass um, on the roll, on the pick and roll, or whether it's a lob or whether, whether it's AD fading back. And he, he hits AD as soon as uh, the big comes and doubles um, D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell is two on this team. So it was LeBron and D'Angelo Russell that set AD up. There's just no way that me sitting here in the Bay area I work for freaking Zoom at the, the 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 company knows this and can comprehend this, and Darvin Han can't. There's just there's not a there's no way. I think Joe, remember when you said uh, last stream that <laughs> well, I think you said this. Somebody said this that Darvin Ham is a uh, actually no, I think someone said this in the chat. That one time I did the stream. Someone said, we think Darvin Ham was hired by Michael Jordan to make sure that LeBron James doesn't get any more rings. And at this point, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I really, really wouldn't be surprised. And Young Africa uh, calling D'Angelo Russell a pick and roll savant is not glazed at all. That, that, that is having high basketball IQ. That man is amazing out of the pick and roll with the, the deciding, especially with Anthony Davis with them. Um, but yeah, guys, that's, that's, that's wild. I'm sorry. Once again, 
It is the Lakers losing 124 to 114. They're now 33 and 29, 10th place in the Western Conference, two games in the loss column behind Golden State. And Joe, getting it back to you, my friend, the Lakers schedule does not get any easier. And let me go ahead and give everybody a rundown what they've got upcoming. The Thunder, the Bucks, Timberwolves, Warriors, Hawks, Sixers, Pacers, and another game against the Bucks. No, oh, 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 I'm sorry. And not to mention, not one, but two games coming up as well in the not-too-distant future with the Sacramento Kings. These are all playoff teams, Joe. So a win tonight would have really helped boost your chances of trying to get any kind of momentum out of the 9-10 spot in the Western Conference plan. But right now, being two games down behind Golden State, it's looking more and more like 10th place it is for us. Uh, the likelihood of us staying at 10 is very, very high. Tonight's tonight's game was more about Denver than the moment the this the starting of the, the, the this next 10 game stretch. But it also does factor in too because it, it makes you feel a little bit better after tonight if you beat Denver starting this. Now you're gonna feel like, well, we just beat the champs. And we got them at a good time. We got them at the beginning of this thing. And then now you're going to be playing the Milwaukee's and the Minnesotas and, and and the Sacramento's. If they play like this against those teams, I think they win those games. If you just do a couple things that you're supposed to do correctly. They can make up for this a little bit if they win the next six straight. Sure. But that doesn't look good because you don't know what this team is going to decide to do in important situations this i don't understand why they're in this position uh it's starting to probably really sink in for me we've talked about the trades and all the stuff that's happened the last few years but i think uh, the realization of of, of a nest, another wasted season and the fact that the celtics are playing really well that's probably what's bothering me right now and starting to worry me because if Denver, if Jamal Murray comes up lame, which could happen at the worst time, and Minnesota might be too neophyte to go all the way, Oklahoma City's definitely too young. Clippers are, you know, the Clippers. Denver is probably the only team that's more than likely going to whoop Boston if they get there because already Philly's out. Milwaukee's playing like garbage. Cleveland is not going to play next-level basketball. The Knicks are not going to play that kind of basketball. So what do you have left? Is Miami going to come out of the, the Phoenix again and, and, and from the eighth seed and, and, and dominate through the East? Maybe, maybe not. But it's, it's, it's a lot of things going on right now that have me worried here in the next three months that if this thing could get much worse – and it's all because of the Lakers doing by their stupid hiring practices, by their stupid decisions when they didn't have to make those decisions. They pissed away good drafting and good free agent pickups. For what? What did you do that for? What did you do all that scouting for? To do what? This. This is the result of it. It sucks. It really, really sucks because they don't have to be in this position. They didn't have to hire this guy. Who the hell was this guy? And now he's putting 
the final stake in this thing. Through his ass, through his pocket. To boot. John, latest Darvin Ham quote of the day. Get ready for it, my friend. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Darvin Ham on defending Nikola Jokic. You just have to fight as hard as you can for as long as you can and hope he misses. Hope he misses. You just have to keep throwing stuff at him. There you go. (laughs) Your wise sage, Darvin Ham. Any thoughts? I mean, this is, I mean, like this, I, 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 at least he wasn't like, oh, the reason why Jokic played so well tonight is because Anthony Davis's voice hurt. At least he, at least he didn't give us one of those excuses again about, about his voice hurting or, or, or whatnot. I get it that when you're playing against a player that's so great, sometimes you do have to just, you know, put your hands up, but. I think I, I even think me personally, and I understand the concept of putting Anthony Davis like as a secondary like defender roaming, and you, they had Ruby like primarily on um, on Jokic. But I, I think in that situation, like put AD on Jokic. Like I, I'd actually rather have AD on Jokic instead of have AD roaming as a secondary defender. I know it worked out a couple of times because he come from the help side. But the issue is when you have AD roaming from the help side, he's so worried about Jokic getting positioned inside on Rui because – Or he's throwing just, a back door. Exactly, right? He, he's so worried about that. He's so worried because every time Rui puts that elbow – I mean, puts that um, puts that shoulder in Rui's chest, Rui's just backing up, backing up. And then until he gets right in the perfect position where he's either going to go for that little post – for that little turnaround post hook or – He's going to be able to fake a, a, a post hook, you think it is, and he's going to actually going to be throwing a backdoor cut to Peyton Watson or Aaron Gordon. And why? Because Anthony Davis is so dang worried about helping Rui. And my saying is, like, how about Anthony Davis just mans up with him one-on-one? Because I guarantee, you know, some of those possessions he would have been able to get off. But I also can guarantee that some of those shoulders that he was just sticking in, in, uh, in Rui's uh, chest, AD wouldn't have really moved for some of those. So I think that would that right there would have changed the concept of the whole game because now you're not you're not really allowing as many backdoor cuts as we were getting hit with. So um I understand, you know, I guess the concept of putting AD as a secondary defender, but I mean at some point, right? Like I remember when Jokic and um Embiid played before uh Embiid got hurt. I was watching that game, I was tuned into that game, two MVP candidates. Uh, first three quarters, they did the same thing. Both Nick Nurse and um, the M- Mike Malone, they did the same thing. They left Jokic on, um, I believe it was like Tobias Harris, and they, and they left Embiid on Aaron Gordon because they were going to be like the roaming defenders so, and that they could go and help. But in the fourth quarter, what happened? It was man-on-man time, macho-on-macho, was Jokic against uh, Joel Embiid. And I was hoping that um, Darvingham would run that tonight, but we didn't. And I, I guess <laughs> this man is just saying, yeah, I guess that's all you try. So you, you mean to tell me that that's you, you tried to ruin on him primarily the entire game and had AD as a roamer? And then after the game, you're going to tell me, oh, yeah, you got to just try stuff and hope. 
Well, at what point do you put your best defender on the other team's best player? Because I know when I play pickup basketball, and I know pickup basketball is far different than NBA basketball, but I guess that's all I have to relate to. But when I played basketball, when I was in high school, when I was in college, I every single time, the best player on my team is going to guard the best player on their team. Because we got to go, we're we going to have to figure this out. Not, 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 I'm a, oh, I'm a guard over here, so I don't got to get exposed, or I'm a guard over here, so I could be a help, de- help defender. But Darvin Ham is, um, is, is scared. Let's see what young, young guy first said. AD got to guard Jokic one on one week. Yeah. We, or we don't let Jokic do 10 assists. Yeah. This is crazy, though, guys. Um, I think Darvin Ham, at least before you sit there and complain and say, oh, I don't know what to do with such a great player, you got to at least try your best defender. On the other team's best player. I just think in my rational mind that makes sense. Am I crazy for saying that, Gerald? Joe? Like no, you guys, you're not. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go ahead and, and try having different looks. Yeah, you gotta what, try. What Darvin Ham said, but the problem is he didn't throw different looks or his idea of different looks at times. I think was having a guard on Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic went straight to the basket when that happened. So. Yeah, that's not the kind of different looks I would like. Yes, putting AD on him, seeing how far it goes. If he gets him in foul trouble, then you look at different options. But it also leads to different problems as well because the Lakers did lose 124 to 114, Joe. But I want to bring it back to you. On top of that, the rebounding was an issue once again with the Lakers getting killed on the offensive boards. The Nuggets got 11 rebounds off on the offensive glass as opposed to Lakers six and got out rebounded 47 to 31. This is concerning because they have been a bad rebounding team all season long. And if you can't get the boards, you're just giving the other team another chance and another chance to score the basketball, Joe. Yeah, there's nothing to solve that problem other than to score the same way. They don't have a, you know, I got a, Jackson Hayes has played his rear end off this year. I want to, I want to commend him for doing everything he can. I thought there were mistakes he made tonight, but he made up for them with paying attention. All you can ask is the effort and to make up for your mistakes at the very least. And he did that. And he's been relatively good, relatively good for what he's getting paid and, and, and how, and really what we need him for. Uh, it's just unfortunate that we can't use him for more than 10. He gets minutes. overplayed though a lot, especially on he the He gets overplayed because that's just his game. He's not, Yeah. he's just not going to be that player. The Lakers don't have a power forward that can box out with any strength either. Uh, they don't have rebounding instincts. They don't, I, I would, I would take, I would pay Rodman. Uh, as much as this sounds funny, <laughs> I know it wouldn't happen, but I would pay Rodman uh, to teach these guys how to learn what he used to prepare for. He used to listen to how the ball would bounce off certain rims, how the ball bounced off the the, the backboard, things like that. You know, this is you're a professional, right? Are you professional basketball players? Or are you guys professional jerk offs who just play basketball and then go? play with your dingling afterwards at a club. I don't know. I'm sure they do both. But if I'm if I'm LeBron James, A and AD, these are all-time greats, and you're judged by championships. You're not judged by 
winning regular season games or 40,000 points, as amazing as that stat is, I keep telling you guys this, no one cares, really. The discussion will never end. Championships is what matters in NBA basketball. Same thing with the NFL as well. Baseball, mm, hockey, mm, yeah, to some degree. But in NBA, in the NBA and in the NFL, fair or not, championships dictate greatness. How great. And if I'm LeBron James and I'm AD, man, I'm fuming. I'm fuming to the point where I'm like, either you mother, you know what's, and you know, you know, like, uh, I, they're not going to do it though. I'm just, wishful, I'm just wishfully thinking. But at this point, you would think that at some point, even the most passive person sometimes will reach a limit, right? At some point, I've seen very nice people before finally reach a limit and blow up. This is the time to blow up if I'm LeBron and AD. Get your rear ends where you belong. Stop acting like you are doing things that you're supposed to do. You're not. Don't stop dribbling when you're not a dribbler. Stop shooting when you're not open. You are not that player. Be efficient. Do your job. If you get burned by a Jamal Murray or Jokic shoots over you and makes it, so be it. But don't give them possessions because of stupid decisions. Stop passing the ball backwards when there's three seconds left on the goddamn shot clock. How about that? Can you work on that? How many times do we see that during the game? Let me give the guy the ball with three seconds left on the shot clock in an awkward position. I remember Luke Walton did that one time to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant started screaming at him and basically just obliterated his whole career. The only reason why this mother effer is in this league is because of his pops, which was kind of mean. That's not true. Luke Walton was not bad. He wasn't great. He wasn't really good, but I, I, he made the league on his own. But that's what it takes sometimes to fire up somebody in the rear end. These guys, you know, sometimes you can test somebody's manhood and they, 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 they wake up. Maybe not. I don't know. But they got to start with the coach, by the way, first. They got, I mean, I'd be, in, I'd be in Darwin's office right now going, what the f*** are you doing today? If I'm LeBron James, oh, you better believe I'd be doing that. Like, hey, man, I'm closing the door, and you and I are going to have a little talk. What the hell was that? Especially because, like, and, and especially for LeBron at this point, and, and you guys know, you know, LeBron's my guy, big, big LeBron supporter guy, but even me. I'm saying, like, yo, LeBron, you've been to so many finals. You've been around so much greatness. You've been with Eric Spolcher, which, in my opinion, is the best coach right now and currently in the NBA. You know what it takes. You know what kind of discipline it takes. You know what kind of coaching it takes. You know what kind of players it takes for you to get there. And for, for, for me... To think that like LeBron is not doing anything about it is crazy because it's like, come on, LeBron, like you've seen what a championship team looks like, you've seen what a championship coach coaches like, and you've seen what a non-championship coach coaches like, and you've seen what a non-championship team plays like. At what point are you gonna like how Joe said, walk in Darvin Ham's office, close the door behind you, just lock it, sit down with Darvin and say, yo. 
you're not doing what's going to get us there. Here's what I think is going to get us there. Because correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe there's maybe there's some guys at the end of the bench here, but I think LeBron and AD are the only players on this team that have the championship, correct? Correct? I'm yes. Not, yeah, I believe, yeah, okay. All right, so LeBron and AD are the only players on this team that have a championship. So they're the only players on this team that knows what it actually takes to win something meaningful. So they have to – I don't care if you're the – the freaking towel boy. Like if, if if the towel boy was the only guy on that team that knew what it took to win, you got to step up and talk to him, talk to somebody because yeah, this is crazy guys. This is crazy. We're still rocking with, um, with Darvin ham. Yeah. Tony, I agree. This team just isn't it period. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, the team is, and, and John, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. The team is two games behind in the loss column to Golden State at this point, 33 and 29. They're five and a half games in front of Utah. They are pretty much... After this week, they'll pretty much be set in 10th place in the Western Conference, which means a play-in, which means another play-in, which means they're on the road for both play-in games. How tough now is the challenge that's awaiting the Lakers, Joe? Uh, if I had to take a bet, I would say Denver is going to end up on the one spot at some point. And then if the Lakers can win two games at the 10th spot, they'll face the Denver Nuggets in the first round. Of course, they would have to beat the Golden State Warriors if it, was, if it started today, the plans. Plus, they would have to go on the road to face the winner of the Kings and the Mavericks. And that might be their championship run. Because as soon as they get in, it's over. The first round. Yeah. So do they want to... Is it worth them not... Is it worth it? And will it matter because will the New Orleans Pelicans decide to choose a lottery team pick for the Lakers? So now there's so many bad things that can happen here this year. Once this year is over, it's done. Like we're done in so if, many if ways. New Orleans picks if up. My, I have a hard time on making a decision on do you – do you take what you can take right now? It, it's the whole, uh, I'd rather have a bird in the hand than two in the bush, right? Yes, I know that the draft isn't very good this year, but it's still a lottery pick. Will you guarantee, Will it be guaranteed that you'll get another lottery pick next year? No. What if the Lakers play well and they're not a lottery pick? So I have a strong feeling that if they don't get out of the play-in and they get a high pick, that's a lottery pick, 
that pick is going to go to the Pelicans. They will choose to pick that 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 draft pick. So now you have no first-round pick after this season. There's a threat that the Celtics might win the championship this year based off of how well they've been playing. And, of course, we have to pray and hope that that monstrosity on the sideline is not coming back next year. We don't know that either. We don't know Jack squat. We do know this. We do know that LeBron is going to ask for an extension, which we discussed before that came out because he wants to play more. And who are they going to get to improve this team? It's a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. That's the good thing about it. That's the good thing about what's about to come here in the next few months. But I don't like losing like this. I don't like inadequate brain activity. I don't like it. I don't like stupidity when you don't have to be stupid. And that just it's just one bad decision after another. One bad decision after another. And all those bad decisions have just started to accumulate and accumulate from the coach, from Zubac, from Westbrook, from losing KCP, from losing Kuzma, from losing Caruso, from not taking advantage of a pick last year. It's all, this is the result of that stew that they put together when they didn't have to. They had full control, full control of all these things, and they didn't just roll with it. All that scouting, all that travel, all that money you spent for what? For Muscala? For Triple H? I'm sorry, THT? For what? You choose THT over Caruso? You do this, you do that. It's like one after another, and they're all piling up. At the time, you're not thinking about it. At the time, you're not thinking about it. But now, you look back, did these guys really know what they're doing? It was not one mistake. It wasn't two mistakes. It was five and six mistakes. And it's all coming to a head now. It's all now coming to a head. Now you got to sit here and sit in that stew. That's shit. But don't forget Kendrick Nunn. You, we often forget about That's, Kendrick Nunn. That, you didn't know that was going to happen. But then you went and got Gabe Vincent. You didn't learn your lesson again there. Don't get anyone out of Miami that Pat Riley don't want. You would think that this organization would know who Pat Riley is. They created him. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say they created him. That was always Pat Riley. They gave him the platform to be what he became. Well said. John, uh, before we head on out to before Joe hosts his nice ca- nightcap, his nightcap, the Lakers nightcap coming up here in just a few minutes. But before he goes, I got to hear his thoughts on this. Hold on. Uh, of course, we be, we would be remiss, John, if we didn't congratulate LeBron on 40,000. But as AD said in the post game, every time LeBron breaks a record, we lose. So I guess congratulations is in order. Although, again, I don't feel very festive because LeBron hitting 40,000 came in a loss for the Lakers, John. Yeah, honestly, I, I like I said earlier, love LeBron, big-time LeBron supporter, but I'm a, I'm a Lakers supporter first. Like, I was a Lakers fan before LeBron got here. When LeBron came here, it just was like, whoa, sweet. Now I think 
one of the one of the greatest players came to my favorite team. That's dope. But I was a Lakers fan before this. So I'm not gonna put LeBron's individual success over my team's success. LeBron, congratulations. I'm happy your mom was there. Happy your wife was there. I'm I'm sorry your son couldn't be there. Sorry you missed your you missed your son's game. But um I think what's right now is more important than you focus on this on getting us some wins. Let's get us some wins. And and I'm not even saying in the sense of like, yo, you're not playing the right way, which you know, he's trying, he's doing what he can. He had like 13 points in the fourth quarter, willed us to that Clippers that, that Clippers win. But now what I need him to do is some some off the court actions, which is just some conversations with particularly Darvin Ham and to tell him that he's hey, I've seen championship coaches and you're not it, buddy. <laughs> you're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. <laughs> that's that's what LeBron should tell him. So he hit the 40,000. So congratulations to him. But Joe, we don't really feel festive. And then on top of it, just to piss you off even more, we get the ESPN exclusive Adrian Wojnarowski reports on Bronny James. And the thought with Bronny James being that the discussion is on whether or not he's going to the draft. It's more about team fit than actually where he will go in the draft. Your thoughts on all this LeBron James, 40,000 points, Bronny James. I know you're very much against it. You really do not want to hear about it. But again, it keeps on getting right in your face, whether you want to like it or not. Not in my face. I don't watch that garbage. 40,000 points is great. And what was good about tonight was it was done early. And that was it. It was time to play ball. I, no one thought about 40,000 points after he, he he got it. That was it. He got it. Hello. Thank you. Good. It was early enough where it wasn't a problem. There was no blaming on that. There was no attention to it to where it, it was a detriment to the team. It, it was it played out perfect. So, again, it's a great feat. Uh, something that likely will never happen again, at least not for the next 30, 40 years. Guys like Woj. Guys like Shams, they're parasites to me, especially lately. Before they had some value, they would have this ability to find out information and put it out. They're, that stuff doesn't matter anymore. They'll put it out, and then I have to just wait maybe 30 seconds, and then you will text me, my friend over there will text me, my neighbor next door will text me. Someone over there that doesn't even know who I am, but they saw my Laker gear, will text me. Within about 30 seconds, I already know what's going on. They are useless. Useless now. They mean nothing to the sport. And if you want proof, you just got it. You just got it. They're talking about a poor kid who cannot play in this league. They're talking about a guy putting this kind of pressure on this kid who cannot play in the NBA. I don't give a damn. He's he's at USC for eight years. I've seen players play. I've seen young people play. You don't want to, you don't want to believe me. Go talk to stone 13 hours a day for how long watching high school basketball, college basketball, NCAA basketball, NAIA basketball, European basketball, Chinese basketball, every kind of basketball you want to know about, go talk to Stone Cold Hands. That's where a lot of my information comes from. I don't 
go around acting like I know what everything is. No, I don't. But I go to the sources. Doesn't matter if it's basketball, if it's the military, if it's politics. I want to know where you got that information from and why do you think that? Well, Joe, I'm this. And this is what I do every day. Oh, really? Oh, so you do this. Just like if you were to go to a podiatrist. Okay. Are you going to go to a dentist if you need something done on your foot? No. You're going to go to the podiatrist. Why? Because that's what they do. You don't know anything about podiatry. You don't know anything about dentistry. But you're going to put two and two together. Hey, I'm going to go talk to this guy. Because he, do, he, he actually does it. We have gotten no information anymore in the NBA this far in that we have to talk about a freshman basketball player who's only at USC because of his dad? Do you really think Bronny James would be at USC right now without LeBron James? No. Privilege. Privilege is the word I use. I hear a lot, by the way. I'm just going to leave it at that. If that's not privilege, I don't know what is. You can get into a school, get a full ride, and not be able to play? USC is not a bad program. It's not UCLA back in the wooden days. It's not Kentucky. It's not Duke during the Krzyzewski days. But USC's gotten some really good players out of there. Now i got to listen to this professional talk about a player who cannot play in this league that's going to be basically drawn out of college to play in a league he cannot play in, especially now, and won't be able to play in four years even if he stayed there for four years. All so that we can hold hands and, oh, my God, he's playing with his son. This is such a beautiful moment. This isn't Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. playing together. Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the greatest baseball players I ever saw. Played with his dad, who was a very good player. They belong there. And if Jelly Bean Bryant could have played 30 years, he would have played with his son and it would have been fine because Jelly Bean wasn't bad either. I saw him dunk over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a, in, a, in a highlight. Yes, he could play. Now what? Thank God for the internet. I can avoid TV. But then again, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the internet and being able to pick and choose what you want to watch and listen to, they wouldn't have that trash on TV. They've they've they have TMZ'd themselves to this point because they have no freaking talent. When you don't have talented people, folks. Listen to me when I say this. When you're a part of some kind of quota, some kind of fake agenda, you know what happens when you do that? You don't hire the right people. Focus on hiring the right people. Focus on talent. Then you don't get this trash. Oh, we're just following the algorithm because that's what people want to watch. People want the feel-good story. Oh, they do, huh? Okay. Go ahead. John, well, I'll tell you what, though, in a couple minutes, you're going to hear more of Joe because I'll he'll be, be on. And I'll see you at Nightcap. Thank you, everyone, every night. If I don't see anybody after at the Nightcap, thank you for sure joining us. Have a great night. I hope uh, you got your fill tonight. It looked like we had a pretty big crowd. Yes, and we still have a big crowd. So hopefully our big crowd in three minutes will go, go over to Joe. 
on the Lakers nightcap. It's still on YouTube, please. Joe is going to light up the Lakers nightcap here in three minutes, so I hope you join him for that, where there's more ranting and raving to come. But, John, before we head on out, uh, LeBron stated in the post-game press conference that he appreciated the recognition for 40000 and appreciates doing something that hasn't been done. It's a milestone for the NBA, but it's bittersweet coming in a loss. Quote, for me, the main thing is always the main thing, and that's to win. So I hate that it happened to defeat, which is something, of course, AD stressed earlier, which obviously came with a little bit of a bittersweet tone attached to it. But with that, the stuff going on with Bronny, it seems like it's a sideshow, and it gets away from the focus the Lakers need to have. And you see, I'm not going to say that's part of the reason why the Lakers lost nine, because it happened all in the first half focus on the game as soon as Denver decided to go ahead and turn it on the Lakers really couldn't match up but again it doesn't help if you're making mistakes down the stretch from a coaching standpoint as well John yeah um it yeah Darvin Ham didn't didn't help us like how you said with some of these mistakes that he made um most notably I think was just the the lineups that he ran and the time the the, the minutes that he he allocated to his players, I mean, like we we, we talk about, I don't even need to harp on it anymore. But like, uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and um, and and Torian Prince and just just Cam Reddish, like the players who just made no sense to be out there at the time they were out there. Um, that's that's what really killed us. But at the end of the day, guys, like, you know, we can go back and forth and whatnot, and 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 I. I even said it myself. I was like, yo, like it seems like the Denver Nuggets were just toying with this, but that's what, I guess what that's what teams do when you're just far better than, than, than somebody. Like when you're just, you're just far more superior than somebody else. You can, you can stand for, you know, them to go on a little run. Like every, every run that the Lakers put together, the Nuggets were like, all right, cool. Like, don't worry. We got some for that. All right, cool. Don't worry. We got some for that. We got some for that. Cause at any point they could turn it on and, that's that's exactly what they did. Um, pretty sure they uh, that last three minutes of the game, they ended up going on with like a thirteen-two run. Like th- that that is the epitome of the fact that you know they can go from being down to turning it on at the literally switch of a light switch because they're just a far superior team than us. Um, it was just it was just unfortunate because I, I I thought you know in the first half we we really had this game we just had it not shoot ourselves in the foot, but we took a bazooka and shot ourselves in the foot, Gerald. <laughs> That's what we did tonight. Well, as I watched in Dune Part 2, uh, Zendaya took a bazooka and took out her enemies. And tonight in that second half, it looks like the Denver Nuggets did the same thing. They just waited, waited, and seemed like they were just playing at a certain level, casually going through the motions, letting LeBron play with energy in that first half and get his 40,000 points, et cetera, et cetera. But as soon as that happened, it seemed like the tide started slowly change, even though the Lakers still had at times a double-digit lead. But yeah, it's just the mistakes in that second half. The third quarter, the Lakers just couldn't hold down the momentum. But that fourth quarter, they still had opportunities to win. But when you have the wrong people out there, when it matters the most, it is crucial And unfortunately, the Lakers just could not get stops. It's a bigger problem that they have, John. They've been playing some of the worst defense in the NBA for well over a month now. And a lot of that has to be attributed to Darvin Ham right there. When you play bad as a team, the first place they go to is a coach. But 
you know what? It's an organizational issue overall from top to bottom. This team is exactly where it's at. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And with a probably one of the worst parts of the schedule coming up over the next week to two weeks, it probably won't get any better than this, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it will, Gerald. I think at this point we got to just accept our fate, accept what's going to happen this season. A 10th seed, and we're going to probably have to really, really fight to be able to get anywhere, uh, anywhere that is even meaningful. Um, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to make some noise in the playoffs. I'm not trying to make some noise in, in the play-in. Um, I'm not trying to be knocked out in the play-in. I'm not trying to be a team that's just, you know, incrementally getting better every year. I'm trying to be a team that goes for it. And as of late, we haven't been that team. And I just, I just, I'm just going to accept what what happens, what's going to happen this year. Start moving forward to next year, getting ready next year, and I just hope that Darvin Ham doesn't return because I would love to be on. Like I would, I would have loved to been on these post game shows, Gerald, like during the 2020 season. You know, like when it's just like good vibes and we're just winning, and I'm coming on here and we're excited. But it's the like Lakers' success. I'll just tell you, the Lakers' success came at a really bad time for the world. Yeah. And it was something that we sorely needed. I'm telling you, the enjoyment that I had, it to me is my favorite all-time victory because of who I got to share it with and during the time that we had it. So, yeah, absolutely. I wish you would have been here as well, my friend. Yeah, the the yeah, the yeah 2020 season was definitely special. One of my favorite Lakers teams of all time. And, and um, yeah, like I said, I w- wish I would have been here because now it's just like one game I'm up, next thing I'm down, one game I'm up, next thing I'm down. So, man. Just done with this team in Darvin Ham. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 124 to 114. They're now 33 and 29, firmly positioned in 10th place in the Western Conference. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for more great stuff. But right now, please turn your attention on YouTube and Facebook to Joe Sorrell because his nightcap has started. Please join him there. Please go ahead and enjoy the continued rants with some drinks. Have a nightcap with Joe Sorrell. Hopefully that'll go ahead and put you at ease on a day where the Lakers lost. Hopefully he will entertain you this evening. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say. But John, I appreciate so much you being a part of what we do. Please go ahead and check out Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk with John Costa. Also as well, check out the Lakerholics who were here earlier today. That was a great conversation. Laker Tom was some wild stuff going on there earlier today. I got a whole bunch of texts regarding it, so please check that out. It's crazy stuff Laker Tom is saying, but we got to love it every time he's there for Lakerholics.com. But John Costa, great to have you here. Looking forward to have you back on. Before we head on out, any last thoughts from your friend? Or when the next time you're going to be stopping by doing your own show, a taste of Lakers Corner and Clutch Talk right here on the LFB. Yes, I am planning on doing it this upcoming uh, this upcoming Tuesday. So if you guys want to stay stay locked in for that, I was planning on doing it this upcoming Tuesday, probably around the same time that I did uh, last Tuesday, so around like the three thirty or th- three uh, Pacific time. Um, I'll set it up, my friend. You just tell me when. We'll go and set up for Tuesday. Sounds good. All right, I appreciate that. Yes, I, I'll, I'll be here for anybody that wants to come on check out the solo show answering all your guys' greatest Lakers questions, and we can just talk really anything Lakers. Come hang out, guys. Hopefully it won't be an hour grouch session in regards to Darvin Ham, but I have a feeling it might. 
But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers lose 124 to 114. Congratulations again to LeBron James for reaching the milestone of 40,000 points. We'll be back again tomorrow for more great stuff right here at the Lakers fast break. But right now, turn your attention to Joe Sorrell. Have a nightcap with Joe Sorrell right here at the Lakers fast break podcast. Be safe, everyone. And check out Dune part two. It's damn good. <laughs>